Greetings and salutations. You are listening to the Into the North podcast, where we take a look at the competitive side of the Commander format, also known as CEDH. I am one of your hosts, Dave, aka A Turnip, and today I am joined by my co-host Zach, aka Z Wells Three. Howdy, folks. And unfortunately, Matt and Morgan are gone this week. However, in their place, we have two very special guests, friends of the show, Lyndon, a.k.a. Noobzorus, and Reed, a.k.a. Sick Robot. How are you doing, guys? Uh, pretty good. Uh, thanks yeah, for having me on. glad to be here. Really yeah. happy to have you guys. Yeah, really happy to have you guys. <laughs> Whoa, what a hilarious goof. <laughs> Goofs and gaffs all over the place. Yeah, so uh, you guys, listeners, get the joke. We've got Dave and uh, Zach on the show subbing in for Matt and Morgan. Um, and we've mentioned we've mentioned Dave. I think we've also mentioned Zach before. Uh, so these guys are both from the Kingston metagame. Or, yeah, Kingston yeah, era, yeah. sorry. Yeah, uh, so they, they played along with... Uh, they play along with me right now, and then they played along with Matt and Morgan as well in the past, when Matt and Morgan were still uh, bumming around Kingston. So... Uh, They've uh, we we played with these guys for a long, long time, and we thought, you know, let's get them on the podcast. Yep, and here we here we are. <laughs> yeah, they've got so today's today's episode is going to be on hot takes. Uh, so <laughs> this is yeah, this is this is an episode I'm I'm very much looking forward to because uh, Dave and Zach have some particularly hot and interesting takes on uh, cdh generally so basically because morgan and matt aren't here to contest linden's hot takes oh uh, no i i'll get to go there's if i was to get it if i was to set up this episode so that everyone would be in agreement with all my hot takes it would literally just be me monologuing so <laughs> <laughs> you can look forward I, to that coming next next episode so get excited yeah, there, there's yeah. no there's no safe space for my uh for my Linden, hot takes Lyndon puts out hits on the rest of us and then just continues <laughs> the show on his own. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so uh without further ado let's uh jump into housekeeping and in housekeeping we only have one element because uh actually we're we're a bit behind on uh episode recording so we're or at least we, we fell behind by one episode in October, so we're trying to catch up, and that means, you know, doing recordings, you know, very close back-to-back. So there's actually not a whole lot for uh, new developments or housekeeping this week, but we'll, uh, in, in our housekeeping, we do have one uh, notable, notable uh, event, and that is we've got a new patron. Hooray! Yay. Everyone clap. God, this affects uh, me a lot. This is good. <laughs> So, God, Zach. okay so the uh oh yeah our new our new patron is uh uh reed why don't you why don't you try to pronounce this one? yeah all right it's a uh, driven 45 ty thank you okay this no, is pretty good it's yeah it's driven nasty because the four is an a and the oh, oh, oh my god it's dr yeah. three oh, v it. nasty no it's 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 drev nasty drev nasty it's drev okay, nasty okay. yeah, yeah. Drev okay nasty. there you go all right drev nasty wow it actually, it might be Drew Nasty. Drew Nasty. Oh, because <laughs> you put the two V's together, it makes a W. Yeah. I think actually, it might be Drew Nasty. Drew Nasty. Uh, oh, I, Drew yeah, Nasty. We'll, we'll settle with that. All right, this is, a, yeah, this okay. is enough shout out well, to I've, Drew Nasty. It's been it's, it's been so long since I've like been on like doing lead speak <laughs> kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, 
yeah well anyway uh thanks a lot drew nasty <laughs> if we're if that's not at all how it's supposed to be it's not no i, I definitely just, got it yeah okay you rock uh yeah oh <laughs> yeah we're, we're just we're just begging for that cease and desist it's like when it's like when you start ironically using <laughs> yeah. bad terms that you would never use and then you just use it enough that hashtag, it becomes part of your hashtag yolo dab oh, on them haters yeah okay so moving on to new developments uh, yeah, so as I said, since we're recording this episode so soon after our last episode, there isn't really much to speak of in regards to new developments, so we decided, uh, since we have Dave and Zach on the show, and they're from the Kingston meta, as We're going to talk about things that all aren't relevant to EDH. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're just going <laughs> to... We're going we're gonna to talk about new developments in our local meta, so... Uh, and well, in Reed, life in general. Yeah, Reed being... Reed, Reed, you can go first. He's not in the Kingston meta, so let's just get this but get this out of the way. I got a, I got a sick draft deck yesterday. It was great. Uh, I was supposed to play in a Team Trios event, and then we got there late and didn't enter. But thankfully, that happened because the prize payout was really bad, so we went and got KBBQ instead. Good time. Um, and then... Went to go draft ELD, and I put together the sickest ELD draft deck of all time. I had four rares in my main deck, one rare in the board. Just stomp the competition. Let's go. Nice, nice. Okay, but now on to the important news. Um, first first up is uh, Dave has... Uh, has, has started building goat decks for goat format, yeah, which, which for those of you who may not know, because this is a Magic the Gathering <laughs> podcast, that's a, a, a Yu-Gi-Oh thing. Uh, there's uh. a very specific old format for people who you know can't get with it with the new times because they're you know we're, cranky. We're I mean, in, goat, goat format is by far the best format in Yu-Gi-Oh. So. Yeah. All right, so yeah, Dave, you Dave, have 15 Dave, seconds to talk about I have about 15 this. seconds? All right, very quickly. Basically, the cards are dirt cheap to order, so we're basically treating it like a board game where we'll have uh, one cop, like enough cards to build two of any decks in the format, and then just play it's them. like people with who have popper battles. Yeah, and just play them against each other. Yep. 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 Oh, which, all right, turn off which deck do you play? Uh, well, usually I would play uh, Goat Control or the Goat Control Mirrors. Oh, boring. From time to I time, would play Chaos. From time to time, we'll also play just like random Dimension Fusion decks. Um, and also oh, you. Uh, like Warriors and stuff like that. Yeah, Warriors is the best deck in that format. Warriors is, Warriors okay. is great. It's okay. Warriors is great. <laughs> okay, next next bullet point on this in this non-new developments, new development segment is, <laughs> is the Pioneer format, which is not new anymore. It's kind of old news. But... Uh, We've been, I guess, Dave. You've been yeah. We'll we'll just give it a, a quick shout out. Um, I think it's a great alternative to modern and especially to the shit show that's standard right now. Uh, and you know, even though some of the cards have gone up in price already, it's still a reasonable time to buy into it. There's a lot of cheap decks out there that you can play. Okay. Also, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give. I know. Dave oh, and, and no. uh, the others didn't want me to, to say this, but I I love you listeners, so I'm going to give you guys some solid piece of MTG finance <laughs> MTG advice. Finance. This is this is not real finance advice for legal reasons. This yeah. is Lyndon's sole opinion, and it's not you representative can, of the Eaton North brand. You can take this to the bank and cash it, okay? So, in Pioneer... Soul Flare is going to be the hot oh, meta deck after all God. bands because nothing in Soul Flare is gonna get is gonna get touched. If you look at the lists, they're all like mediocre garbage cards. I can't see anything getting banned. So 
hop on the Soul Flare bandwagon, or at least the pre-bandwagon, because when that when you know all the good decks get banned, all that's going to be left is like fair decks and Soul Flare does some things pretty does things pretty well against fair decks. I mean, the fact that all the cards in it are bad, so they're not going to get banned, and they're really cheap. It's probably pretty indicative of the power level yeah, of the deck, think, right? The deck is, has, right has if, gotten if you five votes on, on MT. On, on MTJ has gotten five votes. Cards that are cheap and nobody's buying them. Yeah, well, they're <laughs> cheap like and nobody's buying them for yeah. a good reason. <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah. it's gotten five votes on MTGO, and those are all bad deck lists. From a legal perspective, all I'm saying is pick up Chromanticores. Oh those cards are a dollar. They're a mythic. They've only been printed once. And dude, that's if that if Soulflare becomes at all like a mediumly popular deck, five dollars at least. Okay, Lyndon. Easy. Before we continue, can you? I think you legally need to tell us how many of these cards that you own. <laughs> yeah, I own yeah. zero Chromanticores. <laughs> you, you do need to tell us about any given interest. I actually own zero Chromanticores, although, uh -huh. but I do own something like two hundred and fifty. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> precursor golems. <laughs> <So, laughs> Okay. So you could take my spec advice oh my. with a grain of salt in that one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's the pioneer format. <laughs> Unless anyone has anything else to add on that. No. No, we're we're good. No, Deathrite Shaman's not good in it. How about that? That's my hot take. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Okay. And the uh, the final new development, Zach. Do oh you yeah, wanna, I'm, get this I'm one? so excited. So obviously we're going to be talking a bit about the Kingston community, uh, QMTG Queens Magic the Gathering. Uh, we do. We work pretty hard every year to get new folks into our club, introduce them to the ways of EDH, and we're super excited to have player uh, Muggernaut, uh, who's decided to up his game from standard classic EDH to a more competitive uh, uh, format. So he's chosen to go with, if I'm not mistaken, I don't have the list in front of me, but I believe it's a Kefnet Mono Blue, you know, foray into some level of competitiveness. Yeah, with like. Mystic, Mystic Sanctuary, plus like oh, turn spells. Stuff. Yes. Yes. So, yes. I thought we'd like that. <laughs> so, like, there's not a ton to go on here, but uh, we all kind of had bets internally on how long it would take to convert <laughs> this, this, this lovely guy from EDH to the, to the one true format of CEDH. And uh, I think it took about three months. And, uh, and we're getting there. So, mm -hmm. just uh, yeah. exciting to have uh, add one more person to the kind of the hub of CEDH, I think, worldwide. I don't think that'd be... Well, well Kingston, Medi the King Kingston, Ontario, is by considered by many to be the largest CEDH playgroup uh, in the world. Considered by people in <laughs> the, Kingston. The largest, the largest, the largest and most consistent paper, <laughs> paper CEDH community. I mean, it's just a quantitative in, analysis. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> Where? I've never seen anybody challenge that. <laughs> Yeah, because you, you, you said it once on a podcast that at the time of this recording hasn't been released yet. You know what? I'm going to take that and I'm just going to ignore that. That sounds like someone so. who's jealous they don't have such a, <laughs> such a huge paper meta. Dude, we got a great one. I do got to say, though, Boston, pretty consistent, very large. Yeah. Also, in, in terms of, you're going to say the Toronto meta game, right? I just want you to know that the Toronto meta game well, no, is I, like 50%. I said 50%. specifically the Boston. You're making no, no. an argument you said, against something that I didn't say. I thought you said we have say. a big one in Toronto. I thought that's what you were implying. What? No, like, I specifically said the, I got to give a shout out to the oh, Boston. Okay, okay sorry. So before the that, you were talking huge. about Toronto. Yeah, the Toronto meta game is half Kingston players. So I just, just wanted to throw that out there. Um... <laughs> Or is the uh, Kingston meta entirely comprised of rogue Toronto players? You know what? I'm they're, not going to answer that <laughs> The Kingston meta consists of players who have ascended beyond the Toronto meta game. 
Oh uh-huh. I see. <laughs> All right. Yeah, the All Toronto right. metagame's full of degenerate Hulk players. Enough. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Maybe that's not a bad thing. Um, well, that that could that statement could be considered a hot take, and so I'm going to use that as a segue into our main topic. Wow. <laughs> Dude, you only get you only get this good after you know a full year of podcasting experience. That's uh, yeah. So a full however many seventeen episodes. Plus so special episodes. episodes. This plus is episode episodes. 17 plus two special episodes. You guys are up for you know syndication what? at this point, right? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. But yes, yes. Enough enough, uh, enough of this banter. Let's it. get into the main topic. <laughs> you still got there. My plan was Hot to ruin takes. the segue. Hot takes. Okay. <laughs> so we've all got a lot of uh, things to say about CEH <laughs> generally, uh, Discord drama. Uh, <laughs> no, Don't we're gonna go there. We're going to be leaving We have Discord very little to say about this. that topic, actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, you know, lot, lots of things about, you know, card choices, uh, deck construction, the community generally, blah, blah, blah. You know, let's... There's there's things that to say, and, and, you know, this is a great venue to just get it off of our chest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and hopefully it's entertaining for you guys because... You know, we can each respond to everyone else's hot takes and, you know, call BS or whatnot. So, yeah, so the format we're going to be following is that each person is going to read one of their own hot takes and then we're going to rotate. So each person is going to read something from their hot takes. We're all going to respond and then it's going to move on to the next person. They're going to read from their list. Um, But not everyone has the same amount of hot takes in their list. So... If one person runs out, they're just going to start reading from the next player. But we are going to... We are going to... uh, we're going to say whose hot take it is to make sure everyone's held accountable for their takes. Absolutely. Uh, and so that they can be prepared to defend them vehemently. So uh, without further ado, let's uh, let's get in. Reed, do you want to start things off? Do I? Yes, right, I guess do. I guess I am. Since yeah. I'm You're being voluntold. All right. This isn't actually that spicy of a take, but I'm still going to take a stance on it. Um, Bad discount Thrasios commanders, i.e. just terrible infinite mana outlets, are still, for the most part, better than unique, quote-unquote, unique commanders in the same colors. For the most part. You know, is that is that taking into consideration the fact that Thrasios has partner? Or no, no I'm, I'm, I'm not even talking about Thrasios, oh, like okay. not even getting to partners, but I'm just talking <clears throat> like about like, discount, like bad yeah. discount, thra- like bad infinite mana outlets oh, in like their Ken, command like, zone are still uh, bad. Tassiger, right, how, do you, how do you feel about Una? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like, I feel like Una is still better than a lot of blue-black commanders. Wow, but that's a hot take if I've ever heard one. That is, uh, actually is a hot take. I mean, I said a lot of blue-black commanders, I didn't say all of them. Uh. I feel like Una is probably like the second best black commander, honestly. I think I think kind of what the hot take ultimately is saying is that even yeah even if you're you're not your your activated ability is not you know scry one put a land into play if it's a land or draw a card like mm-hmm. Thrasus ability is insane mm-hmm. uh, even if it is just you know Kenrith's three in a blue draw a card or Tassiger's you know mill two put an opponent chooses one to put back in your hand yeah. those effects are so powerful as mana sinks that they outshine almost all of the cards in category unless they're doing something exceptional so the best simic commander if if uh if with outside of tasker is would be like lee of old if he was still legal and that's you because his ability Saltai. is insane sorry Saltai. 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 Yeah, yeah 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 um 
yeah, you need your ability needs to be doing something exceptional in order for that. Like, I don't think uh, Bug Sadisi is comes that close to being as good as Tasker. It's it's and it's just like in any color combo. If you have an infinite mana, like, like it's just typically yeah. infinite mana combos are just like yeah. so much better than well, any other combos that, that it's that's so, required to assemble other things. It's so easy to assemble infinite mana combos mostly yeah. due to dramatic reversal and isochron scepter now yeah right. but just other stuff as well yeah, yeah. like any number of other two card infinite mana For combos sure. so that you would rather and, have... and to be to be to be clear i'm not saying that the discount thrasios commanders are necessarily more interesting because mm-hmm. they're not but like yeah, they're, they're almost they're, they're almost like completely uniformly better than when you try to do interesting stuff with other commanders because like unless you're like a paradox essay or whatever or you're doing like other stuff like that that's like actually legitimately broken like it just it's a lot of the time it's just so much easier to just make infinite mana and win off of that instead yeah i mean lots of decks are just doing that with extra steps you know <laughs> get rog get rog basically does that with extra steps yeah. um yeah uh okay i think that's a fairly uh, mild yeah, that's, let's okay also that's... i'm just gonna add i'm adding this now Everyone, after we're done talking about a hot take, everyone has to rate it out of five peppers. Okay. <laughs> five peppers. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm gonna give this take a uh, a one pepper. Oh, one pepper. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. on board with Lyndon. I think this is. If I could give it zero peppers, I would. But but one, one pepper. <laughs> you can give it zero peppers. You can give it. Zero okay, peppers. then I'll, I'll give it zero peppers. Really? Yeah. You're not gonna save that one for later. I feel, I feel like I feel like zero peppers might be warranted. I give it a pepper. I'm glad ones that are coming said, out, but uh, just just the one pepper. Do you want to rate your own take? Oh yeah, no, this is like admittedly one pepper. I'm not. I'm okay. not here to be the spicy one. Okay, uh, Dave, you're up. You're up next. <clears throat> okay, so my hot take is that the mystery booster playtest cards that came from the most recent uh, Pro Tour or Mythical Invitation, whatever they call it now. Should be legal. The mythical champion should be legal in CDH. I'm just gonna go right off the bat. This is a five pepper take. (laughs) You gotta gotta let him back it up first. Yeah. Gotta let him. Well, I I just think that given the card pool that we have access to, a lot of these cards are designed first of all with balance in mind. So these are playtest cards. They're not like uncards that are supposed to do something completely wacky or are supposed to sort of break the fourth wall of the game and at the same time i think that some of these are well the, the majority of them are simply not powerful enough to make it into uh cadh decks and the ones that are i think they're they're fine i mean there's a lot of lands off the top of my head that i could just see being played i'll, I'll say i think well, well they they aren't like on cards in terms of yeah so like i mean not all on cards break you know the fourth yeah, of the yeah, game yeah, for or sure, like for sure. gotcha like gotcha is something that just, that that would suck to have it <laughs> commander like <laughs> yeah like using things like that but there there are some on cards like what's the uh just like dr julius jumblemore for something like that and he's like all creature types and uh old fogies just like a a big statted creature with a bunch of like meme keywords. Yeah. Uh, like those are fine. Those would be fine. I mean, old fogey would legitimately be playable in Silver. So. <laughs> That's a card yeah. I haven't um, heard. But the, uh, the thing with the test cards, 
is I think a lot of, or not a lot of them, there are some of them that do things that are kind of outside of the realm of being normal or, and kind of push the limits of like, yeah, this doesn't really feel like magic anymore. Okay. Like land tokens. Yeah. That's pretty that's weird. That's pretty weird. So is, is that, that one card that, that historically said they were never going to do because of the tracking issues too? I feel like I've heard that as an official statement for the concept like there's of already land tokens. weird things like the fact that you can animate a mutavolt and then copy it with phantasmal image and then phantasmal images a copy of mutavolt i think that's already that's already too well, much. That's a, that's yes but they were like I, think, I know it's a rules interaction but i think it's, it's, that's i think already, they were like there was like actually an official statement though at some point we're like i get why this is yeah i get why it's a playtest card but <laughs> i think like for specifically printing it like they i think they've specifically said they never They'll never print a card that makes land tokens. Well, these playtest cards were printed specifically for the set. That's something that not no, a lot of like, people no, no, realize. No, no. Is I, that I, yeah? I get that. I'm I'm just saying like it's like that's something that, like they never intended to be played in like real games of Magic, real construct games of Magic. Okay. Yeah. Um. And but yeah. And then there's also like, I think this card's called like the full full tour or something like that. Grand tour. It, like yeah. bounces a card to your hand <laughs> and then like. You discard it and you put it in. Put the it on top of your zone. library and then you put and, it into the yeah, onto the battlefield like again. It just goes everywhere. Goes in every zone and then you put it comes back into play. Like it's the most runaround way of flickering something ever. But dude, no, no. So what you do is you have Grand Tour on board <laughs> and then you or Grand Tour in hand rather, and then you also have a waste knot. Oh and a graph digger's cage. <laughs> so what <laughs> happens is you grant two or something, goes back to their hand, they discard it, you get yeah. a waste not trigger, and they put it on top of their library yeah. and they try to bring it out, yeah. but you have a graph digger's yeah. cage in play. <laughs> wow. Wow. So so Reed, you're you're gonna put that in your deck from now on, right? Oh yeah. yeah okay. No, well, 100%. There we go. Not yeah. a hot take at all then. Okay, I suppose <laughs> like I suppose uh see, no, no, there's see, quite a few play test cards. Opus thief. <laughs> You put you put an opus thief. You're running the waste knot anyway. Yeah, <laughs> might be running the grafter's cage. Exactly. Then you just grant tour stuff. Now, admin, admittedly, I haven't looked at the full set of playtest cards, mm -hmm. so I don't I, I don't know. Like I only saw some like what people were posting on Twitter, so I don't know the full breadth of you know how broken or weird these things can be. But some of the ones I've seen that are just like color pie breaks or you know sliv mizzet, like those are fine. Those would be fine. So I guess I guess that's fine. We can I leave suppose. it up to the listeners to tell us which uh, playtest cards sh should not make it into CEDH. I, just, I just definitely don't want to see that art on <laughs> people playing cards that look fake. <laughs> it just opens up people's avenue to like tape or, or to like glue just their own weird paper test cards <laughs> onto the front of magic cards and have it look super genuine. I mean, like, you could. Uh... You could do uh, you could do one with death hive mind combos. That's spicy. What's one with death? You lose the game. Uh, single black yeah. instant. You lose the game. Yep. <laughs> oh my god. You could you That's could funny. also I, I I think this one is the one that would like not be okay is how to keep an innocent mage busy. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that card's okay for <laughs> any eternal Wait, what format. What does that card do? It's a uh, hybrid blue red sorcery. Return it to your hand. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> but, but look, look, Paradox Engine is not a part of the format anymore, so this card uh -huh. doesn't even do anything. Yep. Wow. Yep. It definitely doesn't do anything. Nope. Yeah, it definitely didn't do anything in, in Kaikar or, you nope. know. <laughs> it's all good. Zero things. <laughs> okay, well, 
so what how do how does how does everyone after this discussion unless anyone has anything else to say how, how, how do we rate this in, in terms of peppers good four that's a good yeah that's a four pepper yeah i was, I was initially on five but you know, Dave. Dave convinced me. I'll bring it down to. I'll bring it down to like four. After actually, I've just been perusing the list of cards while we've been speaking, and after after looking at them, I'm down to a four from five. There's obviously some. some spice. Dave, your your own your own rating. I, well, it's it's my hot take, so I think it's not that hot. Or else I wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's not very controversial of a statement. I'll leave it at that. Okay. Um, so I have a I have a bunch of hot takes. So I, I'm up next. I've got a bunch of hot takes, but like some of them are, are just really quick. I don't want to discuss too long. So I'm gonna I'm gonna just hit these first two kind of back to back. Okay. Uh, first one is uh, Oren Frostfang and Thada Adele are cards that are overlooked, and I'm not saying that they're like wow they're really good cards or anything like that, but I think they should probably see play in at least one like <laughs> one cdh deck that isn't uh you know it can be fringe can we can we just get the effects of those cards and like cmc's real quick yeah so orin frostfang is a uh is for i think it's three and two green five drop two six with death touch mm-hmm. uh and then whenever it whenever a creature you control attacks uh it gains death touch and then whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to an opponent draw a card and then Thada Adele is for one and two blue. Uh, it's a two-two with Island Walk. And then whenever Thada Adele deals combat damage to an opponent, you can search their library for an artifact card, and you may cast that card until end of turn. So I think uh, is it end of turn? I think it's you just exile it as long as you turn. have. Okay, but I think I would have agreed with this take if Paradox Engine was still legal. This this is kind of a carryover take. This this is a take I've had since Paradox Engine was legal, um, and but I do still is, think that yeah. Adele can can do things like if you're just if it's just the Soul Ring Collector every turn, like that's that's not the worst. You can also if you're if you're an Isochron Scepter deck, you can just you know steal steal Isochron Scepter and combo off, or you can steal someone else's Isochron Scepter and then just stick like a value counterspell under it, which is something that's that's. I guess I'm going to smuggle in another hot take. I think people are not casting Isochron. I think people are too cautious with keeping their Isochron scepters. Okay. You know what? We're going to we're going to take these one <laughs> at a time cuz the idea here is you uh you get re- rebuttaled by people. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Okay. So so then I'll just, I'll just finish my statement on that and and Frostfang. Uh yeah, so these cards are kind of just like slow, mid-rangey, grindy value pieces, uh, and they're typically overlooked because they're higher CMC. You know, most cards that draw a card um, that would be under Thad Adele's category are, are things like people run Mindblade Render um, and Grob now, which are the two drops. I think because you're drawing cards from your own deck, I think Thad Adele, even though it costs one more, still something to be considered. And Orin Frostfang, if you're in like a non-blue green stack stack or something like that where you've got lots of creatures in play this is just something that you can drop as a bomb and gas up a lot and it's it's not the worst i'm not saying yeah you need to run it in a bunch of decks but i think decks should be some decks should be considering it and maybe running them so so which decks i'd, I'd like to know which decks should be running or in frostfang okay well i run it in my anafenza deck but that deck is All right all right. is a hot meme so uh <laughs> maybe like a uh 
like off like absent like it's you don't want it in a timna deck already because you've uh-huh. got that effect in your command zone so non timna creature based decks that are stacks focused so something like a Rurikthar maybe <laughs> Rurikthar so exactly Derevi Derevi yeah I mean, that's, exactly that's Derevi that's two Rurikthar uh-huh. and Derevi there we go. I think Le- and Rurikthar is Linden barely a deck. Did Linden rebuttal his own points by qualifying? Yeah, I'm fairly sure he did. <laughs> right, okay. What? I didn't rebuttal my own point. I said it should be seeing play in more decks than it is now, even if it's not a bunch. So if it sees play in exactly one more deck, that's my point. Mm. Okay. No, because it should be seeing play in more decks is plural, so it needs to be seeing play in at least two. Well, I didn't... I didn't I'm, I'm pretty sure I gave myself the out to at least, like... If just not not a bunch, so like one and one or two is fine. But yeah, okay. So do you guys do you guys have rebuttals to Frostbang Thada Adele? I mean, not with the qualifier that it should only go into creature based non timna decks and small amounts of colors. Yeah, <laughs> if you were gonna say it should be jammed in like every every timna thrash deck, then yeah, there's a rebuttal. But if it's explicitly the what you have just said, then sure. I mean, what, what if, what if you're like, would you, you run Grob in your, uh, Timna deck, right? In your, your Cinnamon Toast mid range. Yep. Oh God, I can't even justify it there. Never mind. <laughs> no, you cannot. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, maybe. Okay. What about, what about Thada Adele? Um, I feel like Thada Adele is known tech though, right? I, I haven't seen it in like any of the database I don't lists. Well, not in database, but it's like it's 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 outdated tech. But I feel like it's it's a known quantity. I mean, if your meta I has, to, I don't. Know. I seem to remember Tenrose having it in like Cyan Reanimator as of like 2015. Okay, well, think, things can go can be <laughs> rediscovered. Okay, uh-huh. it might. Chains of Mephistopheles was known tech in Gitrog for a long time, but then it got it fell out of favor, and then you know I started pushing it that it should come back, and now it's like a standard card. I mean, <laughs> it was not purely me. I mean, other people were were you know pushing it as well. But so what, that what is rediscovered is tech. That Lennon's is rediscovered just, tech. Lennon's just pushing for more cards to be included in decks so that he can be credited with discovering them. <laughs> no, no, I'm not he's, taking credit for changing He's sifting through like three-year-old deck lists. Yeah. He's like, all right, what cards are in here that people aren't playing anymore? All what can, I'm trying what can to I say is that Adele collecting soul rings and finding Isochron scepters and Sensei's Divining Top, that's fine. That's a decent, decent card. I feel like that Adele could be used if you're specifically a very blue heavy meta and like lowish color blue heavy meta yep. where people want to be doing all of that stuff. And then you're also in a Timna deck and you want to be going slow enough where your Thad Adele is profiting like a soaring every turn, which you can then turn into cards for Thrasios. Like, I feel like my the equivalent of what I'm looking for here is like, it seems like a bit of a slower Faber or Elder that can also just sometimes find a win if needed yeah yeah i can i can maybe get behind that that characterization but it costs blue blue so it's rough that's rough yeah yeah you you need to you need to be able to cast it reliably i i had it as tech for a while in like my uh tainted scepter deck just because you want to be generating mana advantage as a control deck and then also helps you find isochron scepter and you know that sort of thing, um, but yeah, uh, that's that's my take. If anyone, no one has anything else to add, give it a pepper rating. Mm. 
I think Frostfang's about a one with the qualifier on it. <laughs> sure. Frostfang is definitely a one with a qualifier. I I I give Frostfang a, a two, a two pepper, even with the qualifier. Um, okay, that that Adele. <laughs> that Adele. I'm not. Maybe I'll go up to a two on Thada. Yeah, I probably go up to a three on Thada. That's that's a hot take. Yeah, I I, I don't I don't think Thada Adele is that controversial of a card. So I'm gonna go with two, maybe one. Okay, okay. I, I I'm I'm fine with those ratings, like a, a one and a two, yeah. or or that's that's fine. Um, okay, and then I said I'm gonna follow this up with another hot take because I've got a fat list. Uh, this one should be a bit quicker because uh, there's less qualifiers. <laughs> so, legacies. Uh, my take is legacies allure is bad, and you should feel bad for pushing on people who don't know better. <laughs> and this is like a direct call out to read. So, <laughs> and so, also the people who. My response to this is yeah. that the fact that you're putting this into a hot take segment means that it's a hot take and an unpopular opinion that legacies allure is bad. So I'll I actually think that. this is a more popular opinion. <laughs> I think this is the most popular opinion. Like so, like that that legacy's alert is bad. Uh huh. I think I think maybe amongst the you know the CEDH elite in their ivory tower, the CDH <laughs> shadowy cabal, looking down on the plebs, think all think that they're so great with their legacies alert, but us the people. The people on the ground. <laughs> we know. We know that Legacy's Alert is trash. The people who play Gitrog and see it played against them and think, that's not that great when it's specifically not Gitrog tech. You know what, Reed? I'll give it to you. If Legacy's, if you're, you, Legacy's Alert is great if you're jamming only against Urza's and Xur. Okay. I mean, taking Timda's, shutting off Hulk decks, stealing Thrasio so they don't have an infinite mana outlet. Do you know, I, love, mana stuff I love with. going into the late, in the mid to late game. And just top decking a Legacy's Allure and then waiting like, you know, two turns to take someone's Timna. That feels really good. I mean, I love I love having <laughs> two steel effects in mono blue where you can't normally access your Gilded Drake easily. Yeah, man, why don't we just run uh, Control Magic and right, Treachery? How, how, do you think, how do you think it compares I mean, to Threads of Disloyalty? I don't think the comparison is Threads of Dis I think the like the actual comparison is as Vidalcan Shackles. Mm, okay. I mean you could you could have an argument for both, right? Yeah, like, I mean Threads like, is a so one time effect and like Legacy Allure it's not designed or at least you're not putting it into your deck in hopes of stealing things that have greater than two power ish. Right? But threads is only convert mana cost though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like so. Like yeah, you, you're, so not, you're not taking Timnas, you're not taking Zers, you're not taking your uh, Urza oh, back okay, okay, from okay, okay. people, sure, sure, sure. right? Like is is typically what Legacy's Lure is for. And then also threads isn't like an onboard hate piece. So the idea with Legacy's Lure in a lot of cases is like so it makes it awkward for Hulk to combo a lot of the time if you just have it on board. Mm -hmm. Because, like, they try to go for it, and then you take a piece out of their pile, so they have to account for that. But, like, that's just... You don't have to expend it to do that. It's They just have to take that into consideration. And then they're just like, okay, I'm not going to combo this turn. And then you use it the next turn to take something yeah. when you have mana up or whatever. Um, I think Threads is also just, like, a lot of mana for the effect. <laughs> Dude, I think... I think his leg Legacy's Allure, like... You, it's fine to justify in those kind of niche scenarios, but it's just such a... You know, people people are always ask, you know, oh, why are you running Graph Tigger's Cage in these lists? Well, you know, Hulk and uh, lots of the decks that, that utilize uh, 
Grafter's Cage punishes a lot of decks in the meta generally, and uh, the top tier decks. So people get away with putting that in their list because you know there's a lot of decks that it hits. I think the kinds of scenarios you're pushing, while you know generally those are, those are fine, Legacy Slayer is great. They just don't constitute a large enough portion of the meta to really justify Legacy's Allure in kind of a standard base list. And putting it in the in a base list is kind of, you know, going to give people who just want to, you know, net deck or, or get into the format with Urza or something like that, going to give them the wrong idea. And they're just going to be like, why the hell am I running this card? But I mean, it's, it's like fairly applicable in Urza is the idea. Like in, in other lists, no, but like in Urza specifically, because like, so you already have an issue with your Urza getting Gullidric, so it gives you another answer to that. Like, it gives you another out to that. That's fairly convenient. And then also just you like, already got a Gilded Drake. It's not. It's not any more findable than Gilded Drake. It's not tutorable. Just ha- it doubles your chances of finding the, the effect. Do what is tutorable? Shackles. So you temporarily take it back, and somebody hits the shackles, then you lose your Urza again. I do think Shackles is a real consideration, and it's probably real for that slot. I I just personally like. What else stops Gilded Drake's better. counterspells? Counterspells. Uh-huh. Just run another counterspell instead of Legacy's Lure. You just say so you, you just slam that Urza down. You have like a dispel up, and then you get Gilded Drake, and you're like, "Wow, this is a great counterspell. I love being able to get my Urza no, back." Maybe with don't this slam Urza down with only a dispel up if you're worried about a Gilded Drake so much. I don't think that's always an option. Are we really going to keep going on this? I'm scared. This, alert, dude, dude I, I don't have exactly the counterspell or the mana drain for this. Just can't cast Urza, man. There's blue decks at the table. He's, he's just going to die. Dude, I'm just going to get my Urza taken. I'm not going to be able to deal with it. Just can't cast him. But are you really feeling so much safer about it because you've got exactly one more card in your deck that you can find that's going to take Urza back in one turn? Doesn't even take it back immediately? I, I feel like it... it it helps with the situation where like you're pretty much always jamming yours anyway unless you have a reason otherwise and just having the extra effect that takes it back while also being a decent effect on its own is not a bad thing (laughs) this this discussion i feel has gotten far enough away from legacy it's hit the it's Uh, hit (laughs) we'll 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 move on do do you guys not have anything to say about it so i play with i play with uh someone who who jams a lot of urza and he is. We've uh, showed it out Keegan before. Yeah. Yep. Okay. okay. So, Keegan, uh, pretty. You know, he's played a lot of games with Urza. He is very much against Legacies of Lore. I'm not going to try to explain why he is, because when he gets a thing in his head, he's more likely to just tell you, I "Just, I just hate it," and that's it. Um, it. I think he would say, uh, "Yeah, it pitches to Force of Will," and that is it. <laughs> so, I, I, also, also I, pitches to Force of Negation. Wow, it certainly does. It um, does. Big move. I don't. Move. I don't think it's. I actually think it's. It's pretty solid. I, I've. I've actually come around on it. When I initially saw it, I thought, how much more I'd like to do with blue, blue. But uh, depending on the meta that you're in, it certainly can mess up uh, some some Hulk lists, which we actually don't see much of in Kingston, so it's a little less relevant. Dave, anything for you to add? Nope. Okay. Yep. Rate this take. How many peppers? I think, like, so, so most of the discussion that we've had has been in the context of whether it goes into Urza or not. So I think in the context of whether or not it's good in Urza, I, I'd say it's a pretty mild take. I, I don't think the card is great uh, in Urza. And I think if that's the take that we're reading, then two peppers. Uh, Okie dokie. 
Yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't think we're talking about this outside of Urza, so I'd say, like, mild take, two or three. Yep, sure, I agree. Okay, okay, so let's move on. Zach, your, uh, your hot take right, here. my hot take. Also, so, so before, before you re-roll, we're just going to try to... Uh, We've got we've got a fair amount of hot takes and we're kind of like already decently into the show so we're gonna we're gonna try to speed it up, uh, and we don't have to get to all pepper them. ratings. I'm yeah, sorry. we'll we'll try to hit as many as we can. Um, yeah, we're not gonna try to get too bogged down in the uh, the minutia going back and forth like Legacy of the Lord. We probably spent a bit too time too much time on that and uh, yeah. So so we'll, we'll try to do it quickly. Pepper rating at the end. You know, don't need to justify too much. Just give a quick. You know, sure. Just rate it and let's move on. Okay. Uh, so Zach, your uh, your first hot yeah. Take. So I don't know how how hot this is, but you know, being on the uh, a bunch of discords for CDH, whether it be Play DH or the CDH Nexus, uh, our own QMTG, seeing the Facebook page, um, I think that it's inevitable that as CEDH grows, which I think it's currently growing quite a bit right now, there will be periods of absolute shit play, and people need to be more okay with that um, during these growing stages. Um, so what do you mean shit play? Um, I think, so there's been, for instance, CEDH Nexus has blown up in a big way recently, just with opening up okay. the stores and having a bunch of new people come in. And that means you're getting a lot of people who are still learning the finer details of CEDH and who are trying okay. their best. And in playing, you, you, you're just seeing, you see generally worse play. The threat assessment isn't quite there. Um, it, and it's and it's kind of resulted in some maybe some some salty back and forth in various <laughs> Discord channels. <laughs> There's some tension. And, and I, I think yeah. it's 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 okay to be annoyed that maybe oh, this, this this play you know kind of screwed me up and it shouldn't have, shouldn't have happened. But I think if you if if your goal is to grow the format, you need to be just just more okay with with shit plays. Um, honestly, I think this is just really well stated and. I kind of completely agree with it. <laughs> okay, fair Zero take. Okay, fair enough. I just, I just, uh, I so, guess. So, Zach, what you're saying is people should be decent human beings when they <laughs> when they interact with other people online. I, I, I guess hard that's disagree. kind of what it is. <laughs> okay. But it's uh, hard to disagree. Well, I just, I open up a lot of a lot of uh, the CEDH communities recently, mm. and I just see just yeah. a lot of a lot of shit going down. Like, <laughs> read, read. You, so you you play in uh, you you you're, you play on Nexus a bit, right? But you also play on uh, I play the everywhere. Trice. Yeah, the, yeah. You, <laughs> I, you play, play in some places that we zone. don't. Yeah. So do you, do you have any like a different perspective at all based off playing in different places? Or I mean, I feel like whenever people set up a new way to play. There's always the, there's always the train of thought of like, oh, this is this is gonna be better, like this is we're gonna, we're gonna make sure that this is a better way of playing, uh, whatever the format. Because I, I feel like there are definitely there are reasonable issues that people have with uh, playing games with people that aren't necessarily experienced in the format, especially because it's amplified in a not one v one format where. Um, you can be you can be like put behind by somebody else's bad decision as opposed to one v one where they're only going to be messing up themselves. So I yep. get I get where that's Fair all enough. comes from, but like honestly, if you're restri- like if you want a high quality of play right off the bat, typically that involves and I've seen this so many times with so many different things that like where like so many so many different people and so many different groups have like 
tried to make like splinter groups or like mm -hmm. private play groups or whatever. The issue is that like whenever you expect there to be a really high level of play initially, but also get games, it just doesn't work because the community is never large enough to get all those games going. So you open it up and get more people in and obviously it just ends up there are more like new people that play the game and you obviously have to teach them how to play the format and people get also, really salty that they're not getting the quality of games <laughs> they're getting but you I'll, now I'll actually have access to, to play more to games that. now that when you when you do something like that when you have like just a really small play group of people who are who actually know how to play the format and blah, blah blah like you you just create an echo chamber absolutely i mean i mean yeah yeah <laughs> like I, i'm not i'm not discussing like any of that stuff i'm just like saying like there have definitely been multiple groups that have tried to increase the quality of play in some way or another and typically there's a progression of small play group but really high but like fairly high quality of games and then people want to actually be able to find games consistently so you get more people in and then you dilute the quality degree, of games yeah. to a degree because there are just some people that are getting into the that game nice, that join. the nice linear linear graph yep um, all right so less, okay. less of a hot take more of a take i think we all generally yeah zero agree. peppers yep. yeah okay. zero peppers Okay, uh, Reed, your next take. It's mine? Oh, it is mine. Uh, yeah. People routinely, 100% of the time, like almost always, overrate lower color commanders uh, because of format variance and because of confirmation bias when they take games. I.e., um, I .e. A, a, people will play, be playing a lower color deck and the they'll see as as successful either because the other people that they're playing against aren't playing the best of the best decks so it seems a lot better or even when they're playing against the best of the best decks the format is very high variance and they can take more games in a smaller sample size than they would expect i'm going to say that i think this is kind of just you can remove the term lower color commanders and this statement decks still holds true. I, I yeah, find people it routinely I, overestimate power levels due I, to confirmation bias when they take games. Like, I find it's so more little, popular with lower color commanders typically, but yeah. Hmm. I Is that not just your own personal bias against lower color <laughs> commanders? Come on. Come on. No, I mean, this is actually going to relate to, uh, when we get around to me, this kind of relates to my uh, my next take as well. But I mean, it's hard to separate your own your own bias against how you perceive power level and then kind of just shift it to other people saying that they've got the bias. Um, especially when it's something like they're just, when you're, when you're talking about variance and confirmation bias, like, well, I feel like I don't it's, know, also, it's so easy. It's so easy to, to flip that argument on his head. I mean, and point it back at just looking at, for me, looking at, you look at data from, um, online play in fairly large metas. Um, and typically, like, the lower color decks tend to not hold their own as well. Then, like, as well as somebody might expect when you actually start playing a lot of games and grinding a lot of games out of them. Yeah, I mean, like, I'll, I'll, I'll say, like, I think, uh, I think people do overestimate the power of, of things like, it's hard to say because when you look at when you just look at the numbers for a lot of these decks the numbers often speak for themselves but then people will go to the, the whole defense of um well you know it's not enough uh, numbers to generate good assist reliable statistical value so blah 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 it's like yeah but at the same time well, how I'm, reliable is I, that I'm compared also, to your own your I, own personal opinion? i'm also it's talking like, i'm also talking about the decks that do have the statistically relevant number of games where you can 
Like you can you can assemble a ninety five percent confidence interval, and it like like straight up lies outside of the base twenty five percent. I compiled numbers rate, right? for Yisan not too yeah. long ago, and Yisan has something like a ten percent win rate across like a significant yeah. number. And of I'm I'm, talk, I'm talking about like not targeting Yisan specifically, but like again, like but, lower uh, that's just a good in example. general. But yeah. also definitely that deck. But yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, yes, on, uh, like frog tends to underperform uh, compared to how people typically perceive it. Um, like, sorry, what tends to underperform? Frog. Frog performs at twenty five percent. It performs exactly average. I tend. Uh -oh. I feel like Here people tend to view it yeah. as a higher than twenty five percent win rate. It's all. It also happens but I think with twenty. Okay, well, it this also depends on how you as well. It happens with like a, a like almost any. Yeah. Well, so so I like I I agree that. You know, frog performs. We we're both in agreement that frog performs at twenty five percent, and that's across the biggest data set of any particular of any single. It, day, it, right? Across like when you put all data sets together, even yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's almost like a thousand games or something crazy. Um, but yeah, so like I we we're in agreement on the number. Yeah. But then we're I think in disagreement on the meaning of that number. Sure. Because I think like my definition for a kind of like a top tier cdh is that if you're playing frog regularly into a bunch of pods against other top tier decks you should be expected if you're a top tier deck you should be expected to pull you know at least 25 percent uh if not more but then obviously you're creating a bit of a tier list right so things should be centered around 25 percent the issue is um, that the thing that i see that i will like repeat about this is like a lot of time in the same data sets the the higher color decks with a higher, like a statistically relevant number of games played on them tend to perform much higher than 25%. Like, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, th I think yeah. this could be, this could be its own show topic on just Probably. deck stats. Yeah, I agree. Um, with and defining power levels and numbers. But yeah, I think there's, I think there's more to say here and I'm not gonna, I don't want to, but the base yeah, take is too, too people much tend to it. overrate low color decks because of the format that we play yeah yeah uh, for, for anyone who's any, anyone who's interested uh you can go on to the uh cdh discord server play edh cdh nexus and i think those are the three big hubs for that run uh, Asperia, games firing yeah. that that run Asperia. and you can pull deck stats for specific decks and those are some really interesting numbers to look at so if you look at um we we talked about tier lists you know ages ago and we had the discussion of like that that popular tier list um on tapped out run by like uh siggy shaper and the giggy beast i think yeah um and, and lots of decks that you see in there like do not the numbers do not match up but well, it's also so just because that tier list isn't a it's not a cdh resource yeah but i mean well it's curated by curated by it's, people who it's not intended as a CDH in CDH. resource and it's not it's not intended to represent those win rates People that, that forms people's perceptions of what tiers are in CDH. In CDH, okay. Well, yeah. The idea is that people it people shout people people push the, the meme thing. that Yisan is a tier one deck. Um, if you look at numbers for Zer, Zer underperforms um, based on the Xperia data. Well, that's, that that's just people pushed as a tier one deck. That's people like just not reading the description of the tier list then. Yeah. Okay. I think we can we can kind of defend it, yeah. we can defend we can kind of push it off and say you know oh well it's not a CDH tier list, but largely people's perceptions tend to align with what that tier list says, whether or not it's informed by it or whether or not it's it's separate. People's perceptions are what they are, 
and people's perceptions do not align with what the numbers uh, from Isperia uh, give. So, so what you're saying is that confirmation bias is a real thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> cool. cool. All right. All right. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, peppers. Um, I'm gonna give that a three to five. Really? I'm giving it a one, not a one pepper. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm also down there with a one pepper. I think, you know, like it, it, it's it's a well-known statistical effect, right? Confirmation bias. Like people will have one card or one thing that performed well for them in one situation, and then they'll remember that or they'll sort of evaluate that more or give more emphasis on that than at the other times where they didn't draw it or they it wasn't good or where they yeah, maybe, maybe it, you know that. maybe I'm, I'm i'm inflating the the pepper count because of <clears throat> all the the discussion around it but i suppose the base take itself is, is actually pretty, is pretty pretty mild, mild. I'd, I'd give it a solid okay. pepper just a solitary <laughs> okay uh, Dave, your your next hot take. Okay, so my next hot take is that Necropotence is not an auto-include if your commander has black pips on it. Again, Dave, take five out of five peppers right away. Is that? <laughs> no, I'm just this is not uh, a hot take. All right, let me... It's not, it's no, this, not I do think this is a hot take. I think this is pretty hot. Like, I don't think it's, like, the most hot take, mm, but it is pretty okay. hot. I think it depends on I who think, you're talking to. I talking think, to I me, think this if is turn not... <laughs> I, I think if Dave, yeah. if Dave had said specifically people overrate the power level of Necropotence, that would have been a hotter take. But saying that it's not an auto include is a colder take, in my opinion. Okay. All right. Well, I mean that's um, my take. So it's I don't I think that yep. a lot of deck lists basically right now, you know, you'll start with Sol Ring and Mana Crypt and and what have you. And then people will say, okay, well, if you're in black, well, you start with, what, Demonic Tutor, Ramp Tutor, Imperial Seal, and Necropotence. I think those are... And Grim Tutor, uh, of course. No. Uh, <laughs> and there's Grass. Well, well, and yeah. Dive yeah, I'm going to add that, adding that to my list. Wait, wait your turn, um, And I yeah. think that Necropotence does not start on that list. Uh, I think that three black mana is extremely restrictive. And I think that the people tend to, like Reed said, extremely overvalue the effect that it actually has. Right? Um, I think there are communities, online communities, that would disagree with you in a big way. <laughs> in a very big way. Yeah. But I, I do think that there needs to be more thought put into Necropotence before it's jammed in a in a black deck. Like there's there's no doubt about it in my mind. There are many people who you know, similar to discussions about Adnaz, where they drop a main phase Adnaz or they you know, they Necropotence and it's like, well, they have the win now. That's like that. That's the end of this game, and I, and I don't think that's accurate. The number of times I've seen people post, oh, I, I necroed for for, I, don't know, I jammed necro and went for for twenty twenty five, and I didn't win next turn. What did I do wrong? Well, but is that is that necro's fault or is that people playing necro? Yeah, I was, I was about to say like I feel like that's just people not understanding how necro can function it as could not be. just sink your entire life into it to try to win. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like plunge into darkness, right? Like if someone's playing plunge into like the Double Titan Gitrog list runs Plunge into Darkness. If someone just plunges for 30 life, they're going to lose every time. Right? They're going to hit their Titans and Dakmore and they're going to be like, oh, so, well, I guess I lose now. Right? Like these these cards have optimal play ranges and then outside of them, I, I they think, become I think bad. even in the optimal, like, I think, the, well, without doubt, the most optional, or the most optimal play pattern for Necropotence is you drop it and you're able to have 
Shimimir or Emergence Zone, and you win in your end step. That's obviously, I yes. think, yes. The, the best play case for it, or the best argument for including it in your deck, right? But I think outside of that, even if you're using it to sort of accrue value, it is a really awkward card to have because, first of all, it skips your draw step, right? So that I think that's something that uh, should not be overlooked. And secondly, uh, it makes it so that whenever you discard a card, you have to exile it. So again, both of these are not crippling drawbacks, but they they do add up, right? And and the third thing is that uh, you your deck needs to be built to be able to cast a, a consistent stream of spells, so that you know you're not overpaying life and then just discarding down to seven cards in your end step anyways. And I think that if your deck has a lot of counter magic or if it has a lot of reactive plays, then this card is it's not like. I think you do have to think twice before you just jam it into your deck. Uh, like I, I agree, I agree that it's not. Um, there are times when you you wouldn't want to run it, especially with the color consideration. Like there's some decks that producing triple black is is a big feat, especially when you're trying to hold up things like counter magic, right? Like if you're if you're trying to you know fetch double blue, and what are you gonna? You're also gonna fetch like two. Uh, like if you're in a four color deck, you're gonna fetch, you know, your underground sea and your watery grave. That just seems weird, and especially when you're trying to hit turn one dorks. Like, yeah, think Necropotence casting cost can become a bit awkward, uh, but the effect I think is is generally it's well worth the cost. The, 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 yeah, gen, generally it's it's well worth the cost. So I'm I'm kind of like half in agreement with you here. Okay. I think that people probably stick it where it shouldn't go a bunch, but I don't think. Like I, I, th I think I think it's it's worth building around it to include it in your decks. I also think that the cases where it, it doesn't belong in the deck are are very few and far between. Mm. So that it's almost like if you're if you're trying, it's not close to fifty fifty. So if you're if you're in a black deck, like I think if you just jam Necropotence, you're going to be right more often than you're wrong. Mm. Mm. Um, okay. Peppers. I'm gonna give this a three to five peppers. Yeah, I think this is like a reasonably hot take. I'd probably agree with three. Uh, I'm gonna go with one. This is the this is a one. <laughs> this is a mild take. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm pretty on board with this. I think it depends a lot on dam damage is coming back, man. Beats beats are coming back. I, I, th I think I mostly agree with the general sentiment sentiment, but I don't agree with how far it takes it. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I feel. Um, okay, my next hot take is there's only one top tier monocolor commander. Eight and a half. All right, tell us about eight and a half. Days. And it is get it Wind City. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and of course, it's got to be my boy Goto Bandit War. No, just... <laughs> that's that's like off the scale. We would need a, yeah. we would need a range yeah. beyond five to rate how hot that take is, Lyndon. <laughs> So as much as I love Shilling Goto, and I think that people underestimate the power level of Goto, um, I do think that there is only one top tier monocolored commander, and it's Urza. Um, although I guess there's like a second corollary hot take underneath this, which is that I think Goto is the second most powerful monocolored commander. That, which is that's the a five much spicier five one. Yeah. I think we that can probably why don't we can focus on that one. Why don't we, yeah, yeah, focus on that one. we weren't going to talk about Goto on no. this podcast anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, I made no such promises. Uh, whatever you inferred from my, uh, from what I told you, that's that's your own. So the business. hot take is that Goto is the second best monocolor commander. 
Is that what we're going with right now? That's no, all we're not going with okay. that. It's because so uh, I, I think I think the, the fact that when I say Linden's, there's only Linden's one top tier mono he, he's not going for the points. Dude, you could <laughs> well, you could just reword I can, this and I get will make full both points takes. for this one. But what I'm saying is that I think that the it's it's important to note that there are distinct if you group all the monocolored uh, commanders together and you created a tier list of monocolored commanders, like Urza sits atop that that list by a fairly wide margin. Well, oh, okay, okay, all right. Because I was I was gonna and say like, the, the difference say, between the, Godo and the other yeah. decks, I think, are much smaller. So like, while I will make that statement, I think it's a much less. Um, like it's it's much more. I'd have to qualify that statement a, a bunch more. Like I think Goto's much better into this current meta. You know, Yesan is obviously, if you look at the stats, very poor. But under the right meta, that deck is a house. And like, you know, then there's Teferi and blah. Like there's so many ways to qualify it under that. But I just think generally Urza sits atop that that tier list by a fairly wide margin. This is, and I think most people. I think that the hot take here comes from the fact that I think people put a lot of other monocolored commanders. This in is this is a, a zero tier. pepper hot take. In my opinion, <laughs> so you th- you're just saying Mo- you monocolored think monocolored commanders are, commanders are worse than people think they are. Yeah. I. I if I sit down, team. yeah, I, I guess it is. It is almost just like that. So fine, I'll, I'll add on my rehashing the best. my literally just stealing my takes. Yeah, fine. I'm giving. I'm, we'll, we'll give this a zero. If to I five sit down at a table peppers. that has. Or actually, we'll give it with the same that that read. I'll give this one a so, stolen out of ten. Stolen out of ten. So your your is a take. We'll thief. deduct one pepper point from because your yours scored a two out of five. Uh, we're gonna give mine a one out of five because you know we're just gonna deduct a pepper point for plagiarism. Oh my so. god! Uh, <laughs> if I sit down at a table yeah. with like Yisan or or Goto, I'm ha- I'm happy. That's great. Can you say that without like <laughs> no, laughing? No, I can't. <laughs> he's just he's laughing at the thought that he could ever possibly be in a pod with Goto <laughs> and Yisan at the same time. Literally, it. Yeah. Because I can only dream so, of such a situation. <laughs> So can fine if we if we change this to Godo, Godo being the second best monocolor commander, that's dude. Rate, you, give, give you that made a your bed. You gotta lie at it. Yeah, that's a that's a five pepper. That's a five pepper. All right, Zach, what you got? All right, um, don't know how hot this is. These cards are in many many lists, but Tarnished Citadel, Forbidden Orchard, and Gemstone Caverns should not be in your deck. They just shouldn't. I don't think they offer anything more than other, I guess, dual lands. Um, to bolt yourself for a color is insane. To give someone blockers or swingers with Forbidden Orchard is less insane, but still reasonably insane. And Gemstone Caverns taps for generic mana is essentially what it comes down to. The I'm, I'm generally... I think Gemstone Caverns uh, probably overrun unless you're in a very specific deck where you're trying to meet, you know, like turbo things. Having a uh, Gemstone Caverns is just like a massive downside. Um, so low color decks can take advantage of it, like Gitrog, sure. You know, mono green commanders where you're trying to cast your commander on uh, turn two. That just mono, helps do that. So mono fine. green commanders, sorry. Yeah, it's a Salvala. Commanders. Didn't we just talk about this? <laughs> I'm saying, when you're tr- low-color commanders where you're trying to hit your commander on a specific turn or you're trying to turbo things out, fine. But I think, yeah, Gemstone Cavern's probably overplayed and people, like, you should not be running that in Thrasios Timna. Uh, 
like probably even Zer is pushing it. Um, but I think sure I'll agree with that. Tarnished it I'll also agree, but Forbidden Orchard that's wrong, man. That's, no. <laughs> that's wrong. This car is good. I think right. I think the people that discount Tarnished it all have never played in a very color heavy deck that doesn't particularly need its life total because okay well that's sure fair you just, you just like there are a lot of decks where like i i agree that you should never play it in an adnaz deck agreed okay. put a stamp on that send it off okay but i think i think so you've just reduced the amount of decks that tarnished it all tarnished it all should be run into like one because for, for, th- for the record <laughs> i believe tarnished it all is included in like for instance, every I think it's in in the base like CST list at this point, right? Yeah, I, I at also least it see was. it in a lot of four color decks. I think I see it in the primers for the, like the vast majority of the four color decks, uh, and, and also I, I just in don't the, think it has also in stuff like Nagila. <clears throat> I think yeah, I yeah, yeah okay. I, your, your I think it's probably point fine point. in Nagila. Um, I don't think yet. Yeah, Tarnished Citadel is, in fact, in the CST base list. Okay, so I'll, I'll I think I think the Gemstone Caverns Tarnished Citadel are like one pepper takes. Forbidden Orchard, though, I think this is like a you know a four pepper take. Forbidden Orchard is good for creating Temna blockers for other people, so it doesn't make it free. You know, if someone wants to swing in to a cast player who hasn't cast cast yet, and you can just you know give them a Timna blocker. I guess I'm, I'm that's great. I should have kind of explained more. I I am in a big way coming at this from playing stock PSD CST list for quite a while, and the fact that these cards are included and in it doesn't make much sense to me. I do agree it can be spicy for giving someone a blocker with there's a Timna going at them or something like that, but to to be for instance in a deck, a Timna Thrasios deck and run Forbidden Orchard, I don't think that's I don't think that makes any sense. I don't think you're that starved for colors that you need to start taking away potential draws to uh, to get them. Yeah, if you reduce the take to just Thrasios Timna, that's still a three pepper take in my wow. opinion. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Just for I the think there's lots orchard. of decks where you can just for free give the Forbidden Orchard to. And Gemstone Caverns is probably a spicier take for me, but yeah. I, would really? I think specifically. Uh, I, I, I like Gemstone Caverns way. a lot when you want to accelerate stuff out. Yeah. It's basically another, like, Chromox. Well, I, I wouldn't go that far, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's definitely it's not Chromox. Um, okay. So, people's pepper rating. I'd say... A one or two on all of them or as a whole like, like one one pepper i'll max it out at like three okay Give it like two to three ish yeah I, I, was, I was gonna i was gonna go kind of like one two three off the bat off off the basis of each of these so average it to two so we'll, we'll give this a two out of five peppers total okay reed you are out of hot takes. am i okay i'm gonna can I come up with one so I don't have to read somebody else's bad hot take? <laughs> <laughs> somebody else's terrible, just absolute I garbage mean, take. The, there's a bunch of hot takes under my section, so if you want to, you know, those, those are free available if you want to read some. I think of those. My you hot know takes what? Are also not very controversial. But you know what? They're my hot takes. Are you kidding, Dave? You're winning. You're <laughs> winning by a significant margin. <laughs> The playtest card's got a four to five peppers, so yeah, you're you're doing you're doing I, decent. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna, okay, Reed. So if you don't have one no, right no, no, now, no, pick do, from I one do, of mine. I do. I think that for as much as people say that they don't want to keep playing against Thrasius and Timna or established meta decks, they're like 
basically anybody like they're like the most a vast majority of the people that complain about a homogenous meta are not doing anything to solve it. <laughs> I, people, I, people, people are so content to complain about Thrasios and Timna and then continue jamming games with whatever fucking bad deck they wanted to try to make work and it isn't, or just jam games with established decks that aren't Thrasios and Timna. Yeah. Wait, what? So you're saying that they're doing nothing about it by not playing Thrasios and Timna? What? No, I'm, I'm talking about like people complain about established decks and a stagnant meta, and then they continue to just play the exact same deck over and over and over and over again and never try to innovate anything. Wait, so it, what's the hot take? Is it on Thrasios and Timna or is it on people? I'm, like, I'm talking about like just playing... established meta. Thrasios and Timna was the example. Okay, so. Restate that. So, in an established meta, people people complain people, about people stagnation. Currently, people complain about stagnation in the meta and how there aren't being like new decks developed or there are not there aren't being new decks like introduced to the meta game, and yet continuously do not do anything to help introduce new decks into the meta game. Okay, I'm gonna rate this a five out of five because I think this is just like a wrong characterization of how people complain. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Like, Wait, I want to hear who's complaining. Yeah. Who's complaining about the stagnation of the meta because there's no new decks when basically every single available CDH deck that's like close to viable has been explored in terms of brewing. Everybody complains about Timothrasius. No, but we're not. We're not talking about Timothrasius because he said it's just about stag meta stagnation. So he's saying that you know people will complain about meta stagnation, no new decks, but then they'll just jam you know the same Gitrog deck or Zerd deck or something, right? Or cast deck, whatever. Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I just don't think people are doing that. I think people complain about Thrasius and Timna a lot, but I just don't think that the there's a lot of you know meta stagnation when it's generally understood that there's a vast majority of you know the the only time I I kind of see people complain is like, and it's a bit weird is that they'll they'll say like, oh, we only want to play against meta decks, and then they complain when you know they see the same decks over and over again. That's the only sort of hypocrisy I see, but well, I don't really see that much hypocrisy. Person. That's an insane person. Yeah. yeah. I, I, well, I see a lot of people just about it. So. <laughs> I think part of the, the reason behind that, or if you were to add, and I'll analyze why that's the case, is that uh, people are extremely lazy, right? And putting, putting 99 cards together into a pile is not an easy task. Like, I've thought about um, switching decks or building new decks, and then a lot of times I'm just like, I could do that, or I could just play this pile that is already assembled and ready for me right now. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's just... It, part of it is just people are extremely lazy, and putting 99 cards together into one pile is not, is not easy. Which, I accept that people are lazy, but there's a level of non-self-awareness when that happens. I think okay. that... Yeah, yeah. okay. Okay, so this went from a 5 out of 5 to when you clarified it to like 0 out of 5. <laughs> what? Alright. I just don't think this is a hot take. I think this is like, yeah, people are hypocrites sometimes. People are hypocrites a All lot right. of the time oh, on this specific, on this specific <laughs> topic. People okay. just don't put effort anyway. into brewing and then continue to complain about metastagnation. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's particularly hot of a take. I'd say, again, one or maybe two peppers. Zach? Yeah, I'm going to give it a two. That's two pepper. Okay, so that's a 
Call it a one and five. What? And what? I got a two. Dave said one or All two. Right, Zach fine. said two. I said zero. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dave, your take. Okay, my next take is that. Also, just bundle these okay, together because sure, sure, they're sure. very similar. So, both of these relate to uh, oh, boy. creatures, and I think, first of all, that if your deck has blue, you should be running Phantasmal Image, and that second, that w the Woodland Bellower package is great and should be in consideration for a lot of creature-heavy EDH, CDH decks. Okay, so I like the Phantasmal Image. Like, that's fine. Like, you know, it's instead of... Uh, you know, we, we want to go, if we want to harken back to the Urza's Legacies Allure Gilded Drake debate, you know, Phantasmal Image, you can just Phantasmal Image to Gilded Drake and get your Urza back. Uh, so I like that. But then Phantasmal Image also allows you to do stuff like copy Timna, copy Urza, copy Xur, uh, copy Gitrog, copy a bunch of high value targets um, without having to spend as much mana. So you know what? I, I actually like the Phantasmal Image take. Um, but I will agree that's a spicy take. <laughs> It's a spicy take for sure. I mean, I don't think many people would agree with that. Uh, so, you know what? Go on that. But this other thing, <laughs> uh, as much as I love, like when I'm building a, a green mid-power deck, you know, so these are some of the first cards I put in my deck. But that's mid-power, you know? Uh, a six mana, six five, that, you know, isn't either an Ewit or a Rex Sage. Or, it can't or even get Solvaller or Yisan out of the deck, so you're stuck with getting. Yeah. <laughs> it can get it can get Fae Crown Elder. Creatures. That's the newest hot edition. <laughs> oh, Faber Elder. Yeah, 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 yeah. Faber Elder. I love six mana Faber Elder. By the way, that's just six mana Faber Elder with a be. free six five. Think about that one. <laughs> The phantasmal is image is a four is a four pepper. The woodland bellower. So, so are you? Is, is the idea here that you're hard casting <laughs> yeah, a woodland yeah. bellower? Um, you, you can. <laughs> no, but also, no, no, no. So, so what's 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 the base case with the woodland bellower? Are you are you hard it's casting the, it to go get is, the thing? This is Dave. So, so I think a lot of times oh, no, you're, can you're I, able to. Can I describe it for yeah. you, Dave? I want to because I want to. I want to. I want to. This is this is me putting myself into yeah, Dave's yeah, okay, mind. Okay. 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 So. Of course, the most value loop you can do is you can turn your dork with a natural order into a 6-5 and get an Ewit that also regrows your natural order oh, so that you can then do that again. This is, and then this entire package is built around that idea that you're just going to keep recurring this natural order or getting an insane value from it. Um, and Woodland Bellower, you know, you, you can do like... Uh, copy loops with phantasmal image if you've got that you know you copy your woodland bellower then you get something else it's just like a utility package built around nat the idea of natural order <clears throat> so so you're you're not your your base plan isn't hard casting the bellower it's hard casting a natural order i mean hard casting bellower is acceptable i think it's but but it's not what you're aiming for with this package sure i, I mean i wouldn't say i would aggressively tutor for natural order just to get woodland bellower I just think that um, going back to some of the notes or some of the points made about slowing down the meta and then sort of how far can you push these sort of mid-value, um, mid-value, or sorry, uh, mid-game value cards, uh, it's sort of tying back to that idea. Right? Okay. I, I think everyone, everyone kind of gets this, right? Like we can just give this a pepper rating right now. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Max is the grass figure's cage. 
this is a five out of five. Okay. Yeah, this is Zach? this is the spiciest. All this is spice. Oh, the nice. fact that the fact that your value piece loses to Grafter's Cage, Containment Priest, and also like Torporb, so Hushbreaker turns it off. And then if you're cheating it into play, you could also just be cheating like a beta progress or something else into play. Yeah. <laughs> or it's, like it's a Vortex into play instead. <laughs> The fact that this that the the value package here is centered around the fact that you just get a bonus a bonus six five for a out of statted or sorry an an, an out of cost effect. No, no, you're you're right? paying like, you're e paying e you're you're turning your natural order into eight mana make a six five and do a natural order effect. <laughs> but no, no, but I'm saying like if you're just natural ordering, so you natural order a dork. You're like, oh, I want, I want a Rex Sage effect. So then you just get a free six five and a Rex Sage. <laughs> Wait, but, but your but natural, natural order is already for four CMC. <laughs> I, I legit saw Dave do this like the other day. So, so was, was that just this, because that was his best, right, his best natural order target though? Like he just didn't have anything else to natural order for. But the, the problem is that all yes. the other targets, Bellower is the top of his the deck. I'm pretty sure are a bit too large to be hard cast. But I think Brelor strikes that sweet spot where six mana is achievable, especially <laughs> but, when you have a bunch of But Beta Progress already strikes that. And yeah. it does the Rex Sage effect, but better. But then you get a free six five. Yeah, but <laughs> And then also a two one. But Beta Progress gives you like a free fourteen fourteen. Well what if I have clear multiple things? So you're playing, you're playing this <laughs> mythical rock deck that also wants to natural order to oh, Woodland Pelor. Yes, give me, give me all of that. That's what I love about CDH. I'm going to give this a, six, a 69,420 out of 5. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. This, is, this is spicy. Uh, this is hot. Yeah. And then I'll give the uh, the Phantasmal Image a 4 out of 5 peppers. Does anyone have want to disagree with that? And on that note... <laughs> No, I'm, I'm God. Yeah, that's that's. Can we beat uh, that. I don't think we can beat that take. Absolutely not. No, <laughs> no that's like the spiciest take. I'm gonna I'm gonna look. Uh oh, did all my takes get deleted? That's fine. Read. That wasn't actually me. <laughs> I wasn't. It legitimately was not. Uh, Damn it! At least if we want to go back to this topic, I wanted to have my list of hot takes. Oh well, we'll figure it out. Okay, are we, we we're gonna call this we're gonna call this yeah, to a close then. Yeah, I think then? so. Yep. Okay. Well, yeah, it's kind of hard to beat that. Uh, oh, there's no that last yeah. take. Yeah. So, if you guys want to hear a uh, an episode with more spicy hot takes, I'm sure Matt and Morgan will will have some as well, and we'd love to hear. We'd love to have uh, for that for the next time we do the hot takes episode. Uh, we'd like to hear some of your hot takes as well. So definitely. <laughs> I I've, I I already preemptively set up a listener hot takes public channel, <laughs> so, so feel free to leave your hot takes in there, and we'll uh, we'll, we'll give those a read on the air and uh, discuss them. Uh, yeah, but so before we uh, call the episode to a close, we've got a uh, gut check segment. Yeah, check. Gut check. And this is going to be uh, from yeah. Okay, here. Gut check. There we go. I did it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, this is this is a gut check that's going to be brought to us by our guests or one of them. Uh, so do you guys want to hit us with that gut check? Okay. So the gut check I had in mind for today's show is 
how much mana would you be willing to pay at sorcery speed uh, where you're not guaranteed to win the game on your on your turn basically uh, so like a okay. numerical uh, value and then kind of the effect uh, that you have in mind for it yeah okay I've, I've got mine yeah right yeah uh, Zach sure yeah, yeah? yeah, yeah. alright Okay, so I'll, I'll start. I'll start off first. Um, mine is six, and it's not because I'm going to be hard casting Vivian <laughs> Bellower into Rex Age. <laughs> Surprisingly enough, uh, my my what I was thinking is is uh, recurring insight. I think in the there, that card is is definitely good enough to see play wow. in uh, in mono blue decks. That should, that should have been a hot take. Holy Christ! What that card already sees play in some mono blue decks? Yeah, mono blue okay. does. Yeah. Yeah, so six mana draw, you know, like 12 cards sometimes, you know, that's something I'll pay for. Pay six mana for. Yep. Okay. Uh, I've been, I've been so. known to pay five mana for Seedborn Muse on occasion. Um, so, <laughs> probably that. Although, I mean, do you consider hard casting a Protein Hulk and then hard casting a Sack Elephant after that to be part of this? Because you always just well, get swords uh, out of Yeah, but you get swords. <laughs> But I guess if it's if it's anyway. if it's not deterministic, if you don't get interacted with, yeah, uh, I'd I'd probably max out at five for Seaborn Muse most okay. of the time in like in the in CDH in general. Yeah. Zach. Yeah, I was kind of along the lines of a Seaborn Muse. Um, I would pay up to up to like seven for a Paradox Engine effect. That's that would be my that would be my take. I think at sorcery speed. <laughs> And Dave, yours? Well, I was originally going to say six for exactly Woodland Bellower. But, uh, <laughs> wow. I, I, I think... I think commit, commit. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Six for Woodland Bellower or Consecrated Sphinx. There we go. Oh, Sea Sphinx is yeah. good, yeah. So that's really... that's really The Sea Sphinx is pretty similar to Recurring Insight, which yeah, I think, that's, yeah, that, that's what makes sense yeah. to me. Um, yeah, and before we... Uh, our, our very last segment, that's going to be listener questions. Uh from our newest patron, we actually got uh, three Patreon questions. Uh, two of them we can answer pretty quickly, and then we've got one more that's a bit more involved. So uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and do that. But yeah, if you want a if you want to get your listener questions answered before anyone else, uh, become a patron, and we uh, we give priority to uh, patron questions. All right. So first question, uh, and again, this is from Drew Nasty. <laughs> uh, this is uh, uh, why isn't Desecrated Tomb a better card? I mean, we've all asked ourselves that at one point or another. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I always find uh, myself coming back to Desecrated Tomb and just being like, God, why couldn't this just be better? Why, yeah, why the, couldn't I just do more the things answer. this card? Would we say in a similar vein, that question could be rephrased as, why doesn't Getrog Monster have a blue pip on the card somewhere? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, the answer being because it isn't and because it doesn't. <laughs> you know, like that's what the card is. And unfortunately, there's... I mean, maybe somehow they 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 make some card that combos exactly with Desecrated Tomb, and they make it better. And the reason it's not good is because they don't have that exact card printed yet. But that can be said for a lot mm -hmm. of cards. So, yeah. Uh, the next quick question is: Why is the best Derevi deck Najila? Um, and I guess the question is sort of implying that the best Derevi deck isn't Derevi. Uh, ask Pongo about that one. 
<laughs> yeah, the uh, the reason why the best Derevi deck is Najil is because Derevi is a really good combo piece, <laughs> but uh, unfortunately in Bant, there's just not a whole lot to take advantage of. Derevi. Oh, actually, sorry, this is uh, this is the this is a better answer uh, because we don't have Time Vault in the format. Yeah, that yeah. is actually the answer. Yeah, is, yeah. Right. next one. Yeah, uh, in in a no banless format, Derevi becomes basically one the of the one of the top two deck. decks. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, and the more involved question is: How strong do you think Kenrith will ultimately become? He looks like a good toolbox with infinite mana outlet, but TNT seems to be more streamlined. Do you think he'll be better as an all-in layered combo or more as a tempo control dramatic sector build? So I've been showing my viewpoint on this for ages now. <laughs> Because I think it's correct, as we all do, right? We all think our own opinions are yeah, correct, yeah. but that's good. Um, yeah, yeah, it's good. Good place to be, right? Um, <laughs> I think I do think that like Kenrith ultimately is going to just become the like it's basically because Thrashius and Timnar are just better as commanders uh, for like general value and like the fail case. I honestly just think Kenrith is like he's fine to cast as a commander, but I think to justify him over. Thrasius Timna, you have to either be doing something that requires, like, absolutely requires that you have both red and white, or you have to be doing something so all in that your commanders don't matter anyway. As I soon agree as with that. <clears throat> as soon as someone playing partners stomps Sheldon and partners are banned, Kenrith will be. Uh, we just everybody just moves to Kenrith. <laughs> will yeah. be insane. I'm, I'm in. I'm in. I'm almost complete agreement with Zach here, and that. <laughs> Like Kenrith becomes good when partners yeah, get banned. It's, it's I suppose. just like why would you choose to have eight cards just, in your opening he, hand he, when you can he's have the nine best cards? Analog the problem, right now, the problem right? is, yeah. is I also I also kind of think that Kenrith, while you know being he just becomes the best you know generic five color infinite mana outlet card. Right? I mean, Najil is still the better deck doing its own thing in my opinion. Um, I don't. I just don't even know if Kenrith is still the best. Let's let's assume that they ban Thrasios, right? So you're just looking at infinite mana outlet mm-hmm. decks. I don't even think Kenrith necessarily becomes the de facto winner on that front. Like Tassiger, uh still being able to, you know, cast for cheap, yeah. block like value planeswalkers and do things like casting a five mana commander in Kenrith and then having and then having to hold up its ability node for like four mana draw card, that's pretty weak, mm-hmm. man. Okay, what about yeah. what about this as a consideration? How about the fact that Kenrith uh, does not require any other cards in your ninety nine to be a win that's, condition? That's a great one. Right, as in like you can literally just play all your dorks, just pump, pump them up, up, give them haste, yeah. and then swing it. Or you can literally just point infinite draw effects at yeah, everybody yeah, else yeah. on the well, table, either, right? Either, yeah. or, either of those, yeah, either of those. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's pretty sweet. That's definitely pretty sweet. Um, yeah, although I don't think I don't think that alone is necessarily enough to make it, you know, like I guess I guess you just play it as a um five color good stuff deck, which is certainly fine, but I just don't think that ba- having your commander almost be a blank because it's just too expensive to get value from it is necessarily worth that advantage. I don't think it's completely like there's true. lots of cards that can just win the game in, in like, Tasker that are still people definitely like people definitely locked in on some strategies to casting five mana commanders, but I, I do think that like the but, fact that it's just less efficient than some existing it's not just a five mana commander. Like if it was five mana and it had like Gitrog's ability, obviously that'd be insane. Right? No no but like people people are still like color. locked into like casting Momi or Vig or whatever, right? 
but but if I'm, but yes. my point is that it's five minutes it's an initial five mana hump to get the commander into play and then he also has this additional cost to get the to value do things, from yes yep, yep yeah so it's not just that he costs five mana it's that he costs five mana and his ability costs four to activate repeatedly yep. so kind of it kind of reminds <laughs> yep. me of when i used to play una a little <laughs> bit <laughs> i think it's it's similar ish but yeah. yeah um okay well, that about wraps it up for this episode. If you guys would like to reach out to us with any questions, comments, or concerns, you can contact us on Twitter at Into the North Pod via our email, Into the North Podcast at gmail.com, or on our Discord server, the invite link for which can be found in the description for this episode. An extra special thanks to all of our patrons who help cover the expenses for our show and allow us to work towards improving the quality of the podcast. If you too would like to become a Patreon, we are at patreon.com slash Into the North Podcast. Thanks to our special guests, Dave and Zach, uh, for gracing us with their presence. I uh, hope they uh, hope they enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, and thank you as always to the band Vox Cadre for our lovely podcast music, to Nate Slover for our equally lovely podcast logo, and to our long-suffering podcast editor, Roadkill. Next episode will be out in two weeks. Until then, see ya. See ya. Bye, guys. Bye-bye.